Today's show is, in a, is with a meal cab. Today's show is in a meal cab. It was recorded at the Black Rock Farms. Today's show is... Uh, you can just say track day. Track day picnic. A mule has an awesome Logan Seven. And he built it himself. And he built it himself. And I want to watch Octonauts some more. No, not that. You, you want to watch Octonauts some more, don't you? You want to get that party? No, I can watch some more. No, 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 no. What's your name? Emma. Yeah? Emma Hood. Emma Jane Bay. Yeah, Don't but it's squishy. Yeah, it's called a pop filter. What is a pop filter? It's so that you can't hear the on your lips. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's for. Want to say anything else? You want to say, welcome to Slipangle Show. Welcome to Slipangle Show. No. Can you turn back on acting arts? Yeah, I can. Can you say bye, everybody? Bye, everybody. To say Black Hawk Farms, though, because otherwise, if you say it too quickly, it sounds bad. What does it sound like, Emil? I don't know. <laughs> We're recording now, so you can. <laughs> Black Hawk Farms. It's uh. All right, we're at we're about 10 seconds in. This is probably recording now because my SD card is junk, just like everything else I own. It's recording. We're doing a show. Uh, we're at Blackhawk Farms. Uh, I'm with Emil Tab. Emil Tab, you brought your Lotus 7 that you made out I of did. tubing. And it's still running. It's the at coolest, the end of dude. <laughs> uh, so you built... Uh, I wanted to do a show with you because uh, I'm, I've always loved Lotus 7s, and I just sort of got into that world a little bit with my sports racer, which is sort of one of those underneath. Yeah. Um, when did you start this process? Like seven years ago? Uh, I, unfortunately, it was actually closer to 10 years ago. Oh, my gosh. I, yeah. I found your build thread on lowcostusa.com. Yeah. Yeah. Is it lowcostusa.com? Uh, yes. Um, I found your build thread probably only six months ago. I knew you were building one for the last... Probably the last... Uh, like 18 months, yeah, something like that. Yeah, because you started putting things on Instagram yeah. or something. Um, the, the catalyst was like when I, when I sold my Civic, Yeah, which yeah. you, uh, I think you followed that build yep, as well. You had a white uh, EG, the GSR yep. motor, just a regular track day bro Civic. Exactly. Um, yeah. You put a build thread on Honda Tech probably six or eight years ago on that. Uh, I don't think it was quite that long ago, but yeah. It was a while ago, though. Was it? Yeah, I remember talking to Brett Adams, and he's like, yeah, that Emil dude with that white Civic. I'm like, yeah, I read that build thread. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first I knew who you were. Um, but uh, so you, you you started this thing like 10 years ago? Yes. What's the first process? You're like, I want to build a Lotus 7 replica? Well, so. And then you buy a bunch of steel? or I initially st uh, started the build thinking that I was going to buy a kit and and build one that way. And uh, the kits that were offered at that time were all pretty weak. They uh, yeah. they either had like a lot of uh, bad fit up and stuff like okay. that. Um, so 
I was like, do I, should I buy a kit or should I just build one from scratch? And my dad bought me the, the, uh, how to build a sports car for, I can't remember what it was like 500 pounds or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yep. Uh, and I read that, you know, cover to cover and I blame him for, yeah. uh, what happened which just was bought a bunch of one inch square tube or exactly or? yeah like you know buy the plywood build yep. the build, build the build, build table. table yeah that's always the first step you see on uh, the low cost forums is like build a build table exactly uh, yeah. and then actually most people's first step is like buy a house with a garage and <laughs> there's so many so many so many threads of that involve buying a different house to build your low cost yeah. and Probably most and most of them times. end in tears which mine definitely should have but um yeah you finished it, it through. which is yeah. a hard thing to do i know uh, so, uh, when was, I went, what was your progression as far as like, uh, choosing drivetrain? Uh, did you start building the frame without knowing what you were doing as far as engine trans? Uh, how did it all work? I had a couple, uh, engines in mind, but then this, this rotary engine like kind of fell in, into my lap because okay. a buddy of mine, Eric Mann actually was going to build a similar type of car. Uh, but for the like grassroots motorsports, like $2,000 oh, yeah. challenge thing. Yeah. I did um, that three times. Did you? Yeah, we won in 09. That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah. With the CRX. Nice. Um, no, 09? Yeah, 09. 09 we won. So, uh, so he bought a, uh, an FC and, like, you know, tore it all to pieces and had the engine built by uh, kind of the local, like, rotary uh, okay. guru, Chris Ludwig. And um, he ported it as far as it could go. And it's a pretty pretty hot motor, but definitely like a ticking time bomb, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, what did you call that? A J port? It's a J port. Yeah. Some people okay. call it a monster port. It's okay. W- it's where you cut the the port so far, uh, uh, you open up so far that you're actually cutting into the water jacket, and then you have to fill the water cha- jacket with Devcon epoxy. No big deal. And just hope that it holds, you know. Is that a pretty common thing, or? Uh, it's. I think it's a common thing for people that are just too broke to do peripheral ports. Okay. Uh, and I guess just don't value lifespan Potential of the engine. Yeah. Do, do the heat and cooling cycles, does that play a part in, like, how long it lasts? Or, um, I would assume so. Yeah, because you've you got dissimilar materials making up your block now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not, it's usually what I look for in my engine blocks is dissimilar <laughs> materials. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I would not have originally bought an engine like that. But, yeah. Uh, it kind of fell in your lap. He, he basically, like... Uh, worked on his project for a few months and said this is way above my pay grade so yeah. uh ended up just uh wholesaling all of it to me that had been disassembled out of the car yeah uh for like pennies on the dollar what was he gonna put in it was he gonna put it in a he like was gonna build chassis? like a lotus 7 too okay. yeah yep. uh, a low cost yep. um what would you call yours do you call it a low cost or do you call it just uh i've just been calling it the seven yeah because um, it it i mean it it is as legit one as i've seen um, Thank you. As far as a home built, it's not home built. <laughs> like well, I definitely tried to make it not home built no. looking, um, uh, which is not easy. So your background, uh, you work for basically a prep shop. Um, how long have you worked on cars? Like, uh, so uh, straight out of high school, uh, instead of going the college route because that was never really my thing, mm-hmm. uh, I went to Canada to the Jim Russell Racing School. They have a mechanics really? training program. Yeah. Um, so I did uh, did that for a year. Okay. Uh, it's like half uh, they have basically slave labor where they you oh, have yeah. to maintain the, the school race cars uh, 24-7. Yep. And then uh, they also have like a six-race mechanics championship okay. where the mechanics actually get to go out there and beat on the cars that they've 
yeah, work you know, on. been pouring their blood and sweat into. What kind of cars were you working on there? Uh, so they were Formula Ford 1600s. Yeah. Like, uh, like mid-80s Van Diemen yeah, chassis. Yeah, the older style ones. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, they also had Formula Ford 2000s. Okay. Um, and uh, and so the mechanics got to take all the racing courses yeah. and had a, a championship. You and actually, the burning out of control about 10 feet from us. <laughs> going great. The ultimate catalyst for me wanting to build one of these cars is uh, at the at the end of that uh, mechanics championship, um, they have a, a graduate runoff over in England. Okay. And they send like two or three people per school. There's Jim Russell's like spread out all over the world. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And so they sent me and two other guys from the Canadian Jim Russell to Silverstone for a week. Really? For the the like a year end yeah. uh, graduate runoffs. And we got to drive like I, I drove like a Vauxhall touring car yeah. at Silverstone. I drove at the time it was a very new uh, Van Diemen 1600 like yeah. pro like race chassis. And then uh, one of the cars I got to drive was an autocross uh, in like a I think it was like a Rover K series powered okay. Caterham. Yeah. Like a factory Caterham car. And I spent maybe 35 or 40 seconds in the car yeah and it was like nothing i'd ever driven before and it was yep. just freaking awesome and i was like i gotta have that what day. did you like about uh about driving it versus you know obviously like even like a formula ford is wild stuff yeah um, as far as driving dynamics and race car ishness <laughs> yeah uh, what did you like so much about it well the formula fords didn't really have the the power to be like super fun yeah. obviously they hand they have extremely high handling limits but yeah um, uh, something about the seven just felt like, uh, at the time I described it, it was like any car you'd ever driven, but in fast forward, Okay. like everything just happened so quickly. Yeah. Uh, all the inputs are like, you know, cerebral razor sharp. Almost. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, do, do you, are you one of those people that connects with a car on more than like a tool level? Do you, are you drawn to the looks of a car like that? Cause some people are really drawn to the looks and some people are like, it looks like a cool tool, but like f that noise. Like, uh, what? Uh, how do you how do you feel about like the overall looks of a car? What does that play in your determination of like I want that? I guess, I guess I'm somewhere in between because I can look past what you know yeah. most would consider like a, a sort of ugly car, the Caterham. See, I think they are gorgeous. Okay, especially well, like I do too with the roll cage you've got on yours. I yeah. I think it's like, uh, and the contrast between red and white. The cage is red. I'm I'm. I can't stop looking at it, but like some people are like, that's a weird looking car. <laughs> For sure. It looks like kind of I'm a really weird... into Subarus though, you know, so it's like, you know. But I've got a buddy that used to make fun of me all the time because he would call it my dune buggy. Yeah. I was like, it's not a dune buggy. Yeah, it's uh, a British sports car. My grandpa. You've never heard of. My grandpa built a tube chassis <laughs> dune buggy in the 80s, um, and it had a VW motor in the back. Yeah. And it had the same kind of seven windshield, though. Okay. Like set way back um, and a long hood and. It does kind of look like his Doom, his Doom buggy kind of like like a seven, you know, <laughs> which is part of the reason I kind of was into those things. It's the windshield shape, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, and yours which is, mine doesn't even have a windshield. No, it, but yeah. it looks like it's got a windshield because sure. it's got it's a got the outline on the cage, yeah. yeah. Um, um, so I'm kind of somewhere in between because I, I'm drawn to cars like that because the it's so light, yeah, so fun. But then other cars like Corvettes, I just can't get into. Yeah. Um, I but, know, but mechanically a, they're awesome. As a they tool, got, like, transfer gearbox, yeah, and, like they're amazing. Yeah, yeah, but okay. I just can't get into it. I'm kind of the same way with Vets and Miatas. Like, Miatas, like, man, why don't I just love Miatas? Because they're way better than what I'm working <laughs> with, the Civic. Uh, they do all the same things. They do. They can be light. They can be, you know, everything. And they can do everything better on paper. 
Same thing with a vet. Like, why don't I just think a $7,000 C5 vet, like, stripped to the hilt and put a cage in it? Like, why isn't that good enough for me? I don't yeah. I don't want that, though. Yeah. I don't know. I'm Plastic interiors. and But you take it all out. Like, yeah, yeah you, I know. But I don't want one. Yeah. I don't know why. I'm um, the same way. And I like how But I do love look. Miatas, so. I, I like Miatas, Back but, like, off. I don't want one, <laughs> you know? I don't know. I, but I want... Uh, I feel like my sports racer is kind of like my foray into this stuff, but I really want like exactly what you built for the most part, <laughs> especially now that I, I, especially now that I've heard that rotary motor, it's way better than I thought it would be. Yeah. <laughs> Made me a little sad. Like on paper, I think rotaries are weird. Well, they're, <laughs> but man, they're yeah, they're is, super annoying. Yours is so cool. Thanks. Uh, so, uh, so you, you like driving it in England. Um, what, uh, so after, uh, I guess the ultimate progression after okay. um, Canada, yeah. the racing school, uh, I applied a bunch of different race teams and yeah. got a job with uh, World Speed Motorsports, which is based in California, okay. and uh, did like a, a couple fly-in weekends for them. They're like, we need you full-time, so okay. they moved me out to uh, California. We lived in Palm Springs for uh, about a year and a half. Desert, huh? Yep. Yeah. It was terrible. Yeah. Never go back. Um, and then, uh, the team changed hands and basically started from scratch and the owner, the new owner and myself moved the whole team up to, uh, uh, Sonoma. Okay. So we were based at Sonoma Raceway. They're still there today. What were they campaigning when you went there? Uh, so when I went there, I worked on the Formula Ford 2000 team. Okay. Uh, and then there was also a star Mazda team, the old style Mazdas. Yeah. Yeah. Which is how I kind of got... Like fell in love with rotaries. Okay, and then they were also running that engine. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then they were also running a Toyota Atlantic effort. Okay, four uh, AG to- uh, Atlantics. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Swift uh, 014, like yeah, kind of the last uh, last gasp for the Toyota Atlantic series. Yep. Um, so I started on the F2000 team, and then they moved me to the Star Mazda team, and then like uh, a year in, some. Uh, some stuff happened with uh, personnel, and they like moved you, moved me over to the Toy Atlantic team. Yeah, which almost ended my racing mechanic career on Why's the spot that? because it was just so much pressure, really? so much travel. Yeah, I was like making a lot more money, but okay. it was just not enjoyable because I was gone all the time. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I was actually thankful that the team kind of like dissolved and then uh, w- was reborn with uh, the current owner and okay. myself. And then one other guy. And you moved up to Sonoma. Yes. So, so when we did that, we basically got rid of the Atlantic side, uh, got rid of the Formula Continental, Formula 2000 okay. side, and just focused on the Star Mazdas. Okay. And we also did a little Formula Renault program for a little bit, but okay. that only lasted maybe two years, three years. Um, how long have you done? How long did you, did you work for that company? Uh, eight years. Oh wow! Long yeah. Time. I'm old, dude. I, you might not really. No, realize you, it. I'm old. I, I would imagine if I could pick out your age, I would say. 32. 32. 32? 32. Yeah. 37. Oh, you're older than me. Yeah, I'm older. I figured you're younger than me. Yeah. A couple years <laughs> older than me. Um, so you've been doing this for a while. Yeah, so I did yeah. that for eight years. Okay. And then my wife finished college, and it was kind of time for us to, like, she was looking for a full-time teaching job. Okay. And uh, we figured out that we could never afford to buy a house in the Bay Area. No, no one can. Um, you can't buy, You have to own Google to buy a house. Exactly. <laughs> like, and the uh, company. Only that guy can buy <laughs> Uh, and, uh, so we decided to move back to, back home to Louisville, Kentucky, okay. where all, uh, all of our family is. We'd have a support system if we decided to have kids, yeah, which yeah. we did. And, uh. Yeah, you've got three of them here. Yes. So you had kids. Yeah, that's, I only have three. They're okay. all here. 
<laughs> you didn't lose any in, uh, in tow here? No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, uh, when I moved back to Kentucky, I did, like, the fly-out uh, weekend warrior okay. thing for World Speed for a while and then finally just decided that uh, when my wife got pregnant with our first kid that yeah. it was time to just kind of, like, firmly plant the roots and yeah. f- find a job locally. Buy a house so you could build a Lotus 7. Exactly. Yeah. That was a big part of it. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, every time we looked at a house, it was like, this house is great. Can we check out the garage now? Yeah. You know? Where's the garage? Yeah. The garage is a little bit average. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then I started working for uh, the winning formula, mm-hmm. um, which was kind of a crazy find because uh, it somehow like molds or blends all of my interests into one jo- one job. It's like, you know, I love working on cars. Yeah. I've been working on streetcars a lot more lately now. Yeah. Um, but I still love working on race cars too. And we have like a 50 50 of like normal service work and then yeah. like track preparation. Mm-hmm. You know, we do, we specialize in a lot of like suspension setup. A couple of our customers yeah. have like real, uh, you know, purpose built race cars like a yep. Juno Sports Racer and a, uh, a Formula Four Two Thousand. Yeah, so, so you're playing with everything. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, and it's That's, something it, new every day. From watching like uh, the Instagram and stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, talking with my buddy Brad Adams, has known uh, Aaron for a while, and uh, Aaron's the owner, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. And, and uh, it seems like a really cool shop. You guys seem busy too. There's yeah. always stuff coming through. We are really busy. We I think sure. we move a lot of work through there for four guys, um, and. Uh, it's always something new. Only there's four guys work there? Yes. It yeah. seems like there's... Including the owner. Yeah, it seems like there's 40 <laughs> Porsche GT4s in there if you look at the Instagram. Yeah. Two of you are here. Kevin's over there looking very sleepy. Kevin and I were on the roof uh, being instructors today, and we talked about uh, the winning formula a little bit. But it seems like a pretty uh, pretty unique but cool prep shop. Yeah, for sure. You're it's... not You're not just beating people over the head with parts sales and stuff. You're just doing lots of work so man if anything we probably talk customers out of parts to buy for their car more yeah. than we talk them into it like yeah. you know we try to focus on you know reliability yeah. performance uh but not like s- selling them every single so, bushing yeah, so or, many shops yeah. want to sell you ten thousand bucks and stuff exactly. and by the time the car is done they're burned out and they don't even want to do their first track day exactly there's yeah. not a lot of future in that product that's, uh, <laughs> that's a that's a very accurate statement yeah. so yeah, we try to we try to get our customers in for the long haul. Okay, and uh, you know we go to the track with them. Yep. A lot of our cu- cu- uh, customers actually like endurance race with us. So yep. uh, we've got uh, several Miatas that we do WRL and okay. and uh, AER races with. So uh, that's like a whole new element for me. Yeah, I've, it's a I've whole other sprint racing s- style. You yeah, know? They, yeah, the the medium budget enduro stuff. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. They're real race cars too. It's not just like, hey, we found this, you know, True. Like Oldsmobile, and we're gonna put this <laughs> engine in, and we're gonna drive it next week. Uh, I'm not we'll, crazy about the lemons format, like the. See, I ran lemons a bunch, and yeah. you can get pretty serious and have fun in lemons. We had kind of like a, it was sort of like an ITB car, okay, like, uh, and it was fun, and there were some serious guys, but it was still pretty jokey when we did it like ten years ago or yeah. eight years ago. Yeah. Um, but it seems like. AER and WRL kind of found a niche spot, um, more like real race cars, uh, not crazy budgets, but some of them have crazy budgets, and they yeah. can all, they they do have a pretty good blend as yeah. far as you know car counts and styles and stuff. But last year at Mid Ohio, uh, you ever heard of Team Salins? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the non makers I think is yeah. there. Yeah, they showed up to the Mid Ohio race with like 
two transporters. Yeah. And they were running like I think two Boxsters and maybe one Boxster and two RX sevens or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they run their old RX eights, I think. Yeah. Uh, they were RX seven, like FC RX. Oh, really? Yeah. Older ones. Um, they must have a lot of their old cars. I guess they so. ran Grand Am stuff back in the day. They ran a lot of different like, yeah. pro stuff, um, <laughs> tube chassis RX eights, all kinds of stuff. Uh, yeah, they were actually pulling cars like behind the wall and doing tire changes during the race. Really, like yeah, serious, which, like, which I think is pretty much like against the rules. But pro race experience. Kinda. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, we finished like on the same lap as them out. in Miatas. <laughs> <laughs> well, some people are better at this thing. Maybe their customers aren't that good. <laughs> Uh, I think that's part of like their business model now is to just rent seats in their old cars. Oh, for okay. That stuff, you know. I guess that makes sense. It uh, it'd be a fun business to run with the the Salins team. You know, that would be a cool way to spend a weekend. True. Sure. Um. So you start you started building this thing about ten years ago. Um. Were you working at Winning Formula then or no? No. Uh. Then I was actually still working for World Speed. Okay. Yeah. You started building it in California. Uh. Here in in Louisville. Oh, Sorry, so you were flying out. Not here in Illinois, but yeah. down in Louisville. <laughs> You're in the Midwest, though. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you started. F- you, were, you were flying out working for them? Correct, okay. yeah. How long did you do that? Were you a weekend warrior? Uh, that was like uh, maybe a year, year and a half, something like wow. that. Yep. How many weekends a year? Uh, it was usually, like, during the, during the summer months, it was like two weekends a, a month at okay. least. So like pretty busy. Two to three weekends a month. Like three, um, four, or five-day weekends, or...? <laughs> How busy Closer to five, in? usually. You yeah. for a while. Huh? Yeah, because it was like yeah. you know, travel day, set up, two or three day race weekend. Yeah, tear down, travel day. Yeah, is it uh, having done that lifestyle for a while, prepping race cars full time? Mm-hmm. Um, did that did that make you want to do it more as a hobby, or was it like you were? It was like your hobby was fulfilled and you didn't play with it that much. Like how, what did your actual, like, what did you do with cars so much back then? Uh, man, um, definitely made me want to like, whatever I built, I had to like make it really nice. Yeah. Um, so that had probably had a big effect on, yeah. Uh, on the quality outcome of exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I've just always loved tinkering with cars. So yeah. even if I'm not doing it at work, so I'm, it didn't really burn you out. No, exactly. It, it was what you wanted to do. It may have burned me out like physically, but not like yeah. emotionally. I okay. guess you were still into it. Yeah, exactly. Because um, some people don't want to do their job for fun, but I guess you <laughs> must have really like you must really like that. Yeah, that sort of fun. So <laughs> exactly. Um, and it was like all the other stuff that I didn't like about the race team, like the yeah. setting up the awning and. You yeah, know. you hate the, the the other aspects of that. Yeah, all the logistics. Yeah, yeah. How, how many uh, how many cars were you guys campaigning on, on a given weekend? Uh, so for the the like nationwide pro series, uh, we would usually have uh, two or three cars at least. Sometimes okay. uh, in some of the closer like West Coast races, we'd have four or five. Okay. Um, and then we were also like simultaneously campaigning a West Coast series that World that World Speed actually started. Okay. Um, and we'd be running sometimes five to ten cars in those events. Holy cow! Um, so there was a lot of logistics as far as bringing uh, vehicles, out, parts, cars, and cars out. and stuff. Yeah. Were you doing like full hospitality for drivers and yes, stuff? yeah. So yeah. it's it's a big production for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We had like uh, two like you know fifty three foot race haulers with the, with big awnings off the side. Yeah. Um, one was kind of dedicated for, uh, like, you know, North American travel. Yeah. And then one was like a West Coast one that okay. didn't have to go very far from home. Okay. Um, and uh, at, at one time, uh, I was crew chief for the team, and we were, I was responsible for like 25 cars Jeez. in in the fleet. Yeah. And 
you know, full-time employees, I would have probably uh, like typically six to eight. And yeah. then on any given weekend, we'd be running, we could be running a dozen cars and I'd be responsible for That's all the mechanics. That's a lot to think about. Yeah. And, you know, it's probably similar to what you do with grid life, right? It's like you're the question answer and everybody's coming to yeah, you constantly for. Your job morphs out of uh, what you wanted to do and now you're just running people. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so different. that actually partially burned me out of the whole racing thing because uh, when I started in racing, I was like a mechanic on a car. Yeah. And all I had to do was like make sure that my car, get the car fell the off of my car. You got to take it all apart, put it all back together perfectly. Exactly. And if everything's sweet, like, cool, you did car stuff. <laughs> and then so I did that job yeah. well enough to where they're like, oh, you can do this, but you can also tell 10 other people to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so and then you don't get to do it anymore, and you just get to tell 10 other people what to do. Exactly. Um, yeah. I, I've sort of... Uh, this year, um, I found some of the, the joy of events again, because mm -hmm. last year I was getting pretty burned out. Like, it was hard last year. Uh, but I found some of, like, the joy of, like, hey, all these people are having a great time, and, like, it's because we rented this track and threw a party, and it's fun. <laughs> um, but today, um, today was the first time I actually got to, like, instruct again. Yeah. Um, and we're playing with our new instructor format, which you and Kevin came up to help with, which I appreciate. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, and, uh, Thanks for having and us. And it worked. It's, today was a good day. It was like I feel, I only drove one session and I'm like on fire for cars right now, <laughs> which I haven't really been super on fire because it feels like all I do is stay up till midnight while my wife goes to bed at nine and between nine and midnight I thrash on things to make them barely work good enough <laughs> uh, and I do that five nights in a row and I feel like death and then I take two days off and then the event is the next weekend so you do it four nights in a row again and yeah. it seems like only work and still working you know a 40 yeah, hour working job. A, a regular job and then grid life email and calls and, and Emil everything. fielding uh, Emil Facebook messages <laughs> about this event why don't you get your sports racer running so we can do lead follows and play <laughs> it would have been fun we probably would have been pretty equal in pace too yeah, uh, yeah. You're, uh, I wouldn't have had the top end with the bike motor last year when I had a 4AG in that thing it was my fastest time I think in standing start was like an 82 so okay. it would have been pretty close uh, yeah. you were I think third fastest today in standing start I know I'm ashamed by that and, well you had never been here before true and that was, was literally my 12th lap your car was trying to overheat the entire time <laughs> um, uh, so. it, was, it was succeeding yeah, yeah it did get hot it got yeah. a little hot where is your temperature gauge on that like where is it pulling the temp signal from it's actually pulling from the hottest point okay. on the motor so that's, so that's not too bad that's helpful so yeah. coming out of the radiator you're probably okay Correct. Yeah. That's um, like literally the hottest place yeah. to get temperatures. That's where I was pulling temps on my bike motor coming out of the engine. Yep. Um, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, when I drove it at Honda Meet, our, our original event that we started 15 years ago, um, I got a bunch of laps in it there, and I thought, man, this thing's running at like 215. Yeah. And I'm like freaking out, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's in the swirl pot right off the motor. It's... <laughs> 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 uh, it, it, it's not the best place for peace of mind, but it's probably the best place for, like, actually knowing how things are, worst case. Yeah. It actually never went above, like, 202 on track today. Okay. That's not bad. Um, in the pit lane, it would heat soak if I let it, like, sit there and run yeah. for five minutes. I, it got up as high as 215, I think. Okay. I saw 217 right before somebody sprayed it with water. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't looking then. It wasn't too bad. Yeah. You're okay. Ignorance is bliss. You're okay. You're okay. Um but yeah, it seems to be controlling temperatures a little bit better here. Yeah. It's uh, it's every bit as hot as it was at NCM a couple okay. weeks ago or a month ago when when I had the car out. But yeah. I don't know what changed. Well, 
Mm. Um, Who cares? But I, de- I can definitely tell a difference between like 185 degrees yeah. on track and 200 degrees. Like the car feels like it loses 10 horsepower. Really? Yeah. Pretty, pretty sizable difference. Yeah. Like it's a noticeable difference. <laughs> it, uh, it's a weird little motor. I wonder how – does the entire engine get hot? So the hot air is getting hot going in or – it's such a compact engine. Like, how does heat affect those engines? Is it the same <laughs> as a bigger reciprocating engine? Or? Well, I mean, you know, they're histo- they historically run hot and are yeah. hard to cool off. Yeah. Um, I thought I had the system designed well enough to where it could withstand yeah. temperatures like this. And it's close. I, it's pretty hot. Today. It was 90 degrees today. Yeah. Um, and pretty humid, too. Yeah. Um, at least, I think it was 60 or 55%, which is, it's okay. But, yeah. Um, so you, uh, you started putting this in together. You drove it for the first time last year? Correct, yeah. yeah. Um, so nine years in. <laughs> you got to stop saying that. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Dang. See you, dude. Thanks for coming out. Drive nice safe, meeting buddy. you, man. Thanks for the videos. Tim yeah. and all the beer. Thank Tim you. Tim Levine. Thanks. Slaying it with the beer. The beer baroness. <laughs> I'll take one real quick. I'm thirsty. Actually, this one's warm. I'm gonna... uh, it looks fine. It looks fine. So nine years in, you have a you have a car that moves on its own power. Yes, and I would like to say that Thanks, buddy. it wasn't nine full years of building it. It was yeah. like I built it for six or eight months, yeah. burned out on it, uh, moved, you know, had to uh, uh, bought a new house, yeah. had to set that garage up with you know two twenty for and the welder and all that other the stuff. House up and everything exactly. that goes along with moving. And then right about the time when I was going to start working on the car again in the new garage, yeah. uh, we have our second kid. I literally don't touch the car for five years, like an yeah. actual five-year span where I didn't even touch the car. Yeah. Uh, in there, uh, I also was gifted that Civic and decided, oh, I'll build this car as a track easy, car. Easy. I, you know, I'll have a fun toy to play with, and yeah. then I'll never have to touch it, and I can go back to working on the Lotus again, yeah. which, of course, obviously Escalates. never happened. Yeah. Um, it's hard to do two cars. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm uh, trying to do that right now. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> I was doing three for a little while. I had to sell something. I had to sell it. But. So I finally got the Civic to where I was like, I feel like I've done everything I can do with it, yeah. and I'm either going to turn it into a full race car or I'm just going to sell it as a fun track toy and finally, you know, shit or get off the pot with yeah. the the 7 and, uh, and put it together. And um, I got what I thought was a decent amount of money for the Civic, you know, had a little bit of extra cash in my pocket to like buy some of the nice things on the car that yep. I yep. would not have other otherwise bought if yeah. I didn't have a little bit of extra money, like the carbon seats and the yeah. uh, stack dash. The stack dash makes it too. Yeah, man. totally. It's such um, a period like perfect mod for that. Thing. Yeah, and it's a terrible dash. Like you know, <laughs> you ha- if you want lap times, you have to use a beacon. Which yeah. I mean, come on, it's, it's so old school. Yeah. Uh, I paid extra for the I paid extra for the, like GPS speed uh, module, which doesn't freaking work. No, you have no uh, idea how fast you're going. No, no idea. Um, so I have to take an Aim Solo with me in a car that I have a fifteen hundred dollar dash in. It's it makes no sense, just like any everything else about Dude, the car. I was talking about it on the PA while we were doing standing we were doing standing start autocross, uh, and I was like, man, that dash though. It just, <laughs> if you had a if you had a crop of like autometer ultralights in there. It would take something away from the car. Oh, like, for sure. Something's yeah. right about that dash. Yeah. The stupid triangle stack dash is just like... See, uh, I had one when I bought my CRX. It was in the car, and I was, like, so broke. It was a full race car, but it was a piece of shit. It needed everything. Yeah. Um, and I didn't have the sensors for it, but it came with it. And I, like, a stack dash has been my dream 
like, <laughs> oh, probably since I was 18, you know, you see the stack dash in these yeah. videos. And, and like the first three or 4,000 RPM are just like real small and then yeah. it gets big. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had one and then I, so I, I'm, pl I'm fiddling with it, trying to figure out what the, all the inputs are. I didn't have any wiring diagrams. And then I'm like, I got to go race this thing. I don't have any entry fee money. So I <laughs> sold it for entry fee money and oh. it broke my freaking heart. Oh. But I got good money for it on eBay. Uh, and for years, like for five years, I'm like, man, I gotta, I gotta put a stack dash in something. Yeah. And a couple of, uh, a couple of months ago, uh, our buddy Greg and me, he's been on the show a bunch of times. Sure. He, uh, he took a stack dash out of his 914 race car and just put like a real accurate something in. He's like, man, I the sensors are like whatever. The inputs don't seem to do anything correctly. Like <laughs> I don't trust him. Yeah. And uh, he's he's trying to sell it on Road Race Autocross, and I was like. I texted him, like, Greg, I gotta have that dash. <laughs> and he's like, All right, just let me know what you give me for it. I'm not even gonna say what he charged okay. me for it because it'll make <laughs> you sad. <laughs> but I just bought another stack dash. I don't have anything to put it into, <laughs> but I bought one just to have it. I, I guess you can't put it in your. Uh, I, can't, I can't put it in sports with Fraser. Oh, a s'more. Holy shit. Thanks for that. Wow. S'more delivery? Yeah. Now I'm going to be all sticky. It's going to be sure SM48 filled with s'more. Um, what can you do with a s'more on a broadcast? Uh, probably eat it. It's probably Good what job. I'm going to do with it. Good job. Thank you. Good job. It's a, it's a nice little party over here. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, this is my first Gridlift event. You've never been to any of them? Before? No, no. I think you might have told me that, but a lot of people say that, and then they start coming forever. So hopefully we'll see more of you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, My wife was saying earlier, she's like, why doesn't everybody throw a party at a track day? This is right. Because people aren't fun. Yeah, right? Why aren't people fun? Right? Everybody should be fun. <laughs> so uh, serious, though, racing. Yeah. Right, well, you know, it's it's a big thing with me, like trying to keep the vibe mm -hmm. of a track day, and I think that's a reason that, We've talked about it for years, Chris and I. Like a reason that it sells out. Honda Meet sold out faster and faster, and like Grid Life has sold out faster and faster. And I think it's because the drivers are having fun. Yeah. Like I think maybe not everybody like when they go four off needs to get screamed at. <laughs> maybe they need to have like silly dad jokes told to them, and then you like put a like, gaudy stickers. Yeah. Like we literally had like five inch door the Explorer stickers made up. <laughs> And, like, I plaster them on their helmets or on their windshields. Like, why can't it be fun? And then, like, then they drive better. Yeah. And, like, I try yeah. to do, like, a good entertaining driver's meeting instead of, like, the same old lecture you always get. Um, so that... I it mean, works for sure. If you throw And if you throw a party and, like, everybody's tired the next day and they drive even better. So <laughs> you can't go to bed on time at a track event. Because then everybody gets faster and then they hit the wall. <laughs> um, no, I'm glad you guys came out, though. But yeah. Yeah, the stack dash, though, makes it. And I, so I bought one. And I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but so I think I might put it in my buddy's car. car. Nah, I've got a Haltech digital dash for that. Oh, okay. And it's, it's like the, almost the same shape, but it ain't quite the same. <laughs> uh, my buddy James is going to be building a 190E uh, uh, Mercedes, though. Oh, that's and I might, perfect. I might, like, put it on loan in his car because it's going to look so like right. DTM flare kind of. It's going to look so right in that car. Yeah. The uh, Yeah, it might be on permanent loan to James until I need it for something else, but... That's awesome. The stack dash, though, it makes it in, in your seven. I'm glad that you appreciate it. What uh, uh, you had uh, Kirky seats that were in that thing for a while, right? Right. And you yeah. put the little crazy tillet carbon fiber things. Yeah. How do you yeah. say that? Tillet. Tillet, I think is right. Yeah. Tillet. Um, I, I think it's tillet. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say tillet. It's, it's fine. I'm from Merck. I've never heard it any, any other way than tillet. I have gum in my mouth and a s'more in my hand. I don't know what to do with my life. <laughs> swallow a piece of gum, I think. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, the uh, the Kirkies I bought. Oh wow, 
Wow, thank you so yeah. much. Thank you very much. That's so thoughtful. People are going to hate us for eating on the air. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everybody. You know, I slur my liquor. You're slurring your s'more. I'm just it's, saying. It's on, my lips right <laughs> it's on both my lips right now, Ray. You're ruining this podcast. Thank you. Uh, nobody's listening to anywhere, right? Mm, probably only a few thousand. This would be one of those, now. like, fill-ins at the end of nah. it. We'll just sneak it in on, like, a Monday. Okay. All right. <laughs> I feel better about that. Um, yeah, so you went from Kirkies to these beautiful seats. Yeah. Uh, was that more of an aesthetic thing or a safety thing? What was your choice there? Aesthetic, for sure. Um, and comfort. Uh, I sat in a buddy's uh, Tillet in his Miata. And, uh, like, if you've ever sat in one, it, like suctions you into the seat it's it's the weirdest thing is there a lot of different sizes of those or no uh yeah there's a f- there's quite a few okay um this so is the only this is the biggest people. that would fit into the chassis that i already built okay. i had already built so okay. uh that was kind of how I, that's that was what made the decision where are those made where do they come from uh england i th- think it was an italian company and it changed hands or something like right around the time that i bought the seats um it actually took me like i don't know three or four months to get them uh, but I'm happy that I did because they're just so balling. They look so right, and they look yeah. so freaking balling. Well, and that's, you know, they use <laughs> that seat in the, like, factory Caterham, mm-hmm. like, the 620R and the... Uh, uh, yeah, it looks really correct. It yeah. looks correct in, yeah. the, in that car. Um, and it, it's such a such a big, like, visual part of the car because they're exposed, yeah. you yeah. know, that they had to look right. Yeah. Um, Kirkies wouldn't have looked right. They would have worked. But I don't think they would have looked. They would have gone with like a low cost vibe if you were trying to like put together a, a car on the super cheap. Yep. Uh, which mine evolved away from that. Yeah. I still feel like I didn't spend much money when you compared it. Oh know, yeah, yeah. Any if, other? If you had paid a shop to build it, it'd probably be a forty thousand dollar build. Oh yeah. If I valued uh, my personal time, it yeah. would be a very expensive build. But I don't. But so. the input cost into that, it's really more labor and like because you you built the the A arms, you built the entire frame. Correct. Um, yeah. Literally built like every piece. Yeah. I borrowed a tubing bender and built the cage. Yep. In my garage. Uh, the, uh, you built a roll bar that bolts on also, right? Correct. Yeah, they're interchangeable. I really like the look of the cage, though. It looks great. It's gonna hard. To, it's gonna be hard to take it off just visually because yeah. it just looks so so right with it. Um, do you drive it on the street at all? Uh, I don't have it registered yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I plan on doing that by like the fall. Yeah, you've got street tires on it too. Yes. Yeah, that was a that's kind of a separate uh, decision. Um, when I drove the car last year, before I had like final assembled everything, I drove it as like bare steel frame yeah. to make sure I didn't need to like move suspension pickups or if I didn't yeah. screw up uh, my my maths. Yeah, your too Ackermans bad. And your exactly. And yeah, the... which I actually ended up did didn't I did end up moving the upper shock mounts in the rear okay. uh, to just get it into a little different range of the, the shock yeah. travel. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of happy that I that I did that. That and it just it had been such a long build up to where I finally had the car together and running i was like i don't care what it looks like i have to take it to a racetrack i gotta do autocross and road racing yes yeah uh so i did like a member day at at putnam park uh uh, as a guest and drove it around there and it was freaking awesome Uh you're dripping oh god you got your foot molten okay marshmallow Uh, let's uh i'll pause this you can eat your s'more let me see or i can just yap i can just talk i don't care no if i pause it then it's two files i don't want to do that eat your s'more though (laughs) <laughs> there you go. I'll give you some light. Thank you. Um, the uh, the trans in that uh, is that out of an FC FB? It's an FC trans. Yeah. Um, 
what are the ratios like for that? Are they pretty solid for a lightweight car? Or uh, it's, You said it's around probably 200-wheel horse right now? Correct. Um, I haven't had it on a dyno yet, but probably somewhere between 200 and 220. That's so much. And it probably weighs, what, 13? It's 1,400 pounds 14 as it sits pounds? right now okay. with a little bit of gas in it. Um, yep. It's Without my fat ass in it. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 rear energy do you go with? You go with RX seven stuff? It's or? actually Miata. I okay. originally started building the car with the RX seven diff, but okay. if you've ever compared the two, yeah. They're the same like back half housing, but the yeah. front housing of the RX seven is like way longer. Oh yeah, that's right. I've seen that. Yeah. I've seen that. Um and it's super heavy. And yeah. uh found a Miata rear differential well, on and the Miata two. diffs are everywhere. Yeah. Uh, you just have a factory Miata L S D in it or correct. Yeah, okay. just a Torsen one eight. Uh, factory Miata yeah. half shafts and uh, RX-7 half shafts. Okay, yep. those bolt on. Uh, they do if you have the RX-7 uh, outers, uh, inner. Uh, what do you call them? Oh, the that th- pop the, into the yeah, the li- like the little stuff. stub stubs exactly. Yeah, whatever. yeah. the bolt on stub flange things. Yep. Um, did uh, as far as knuckles and stuff like that, uh, is that all modified uh, factory stuff uh, from Mazdas or the fronts are pretty much unmodified. Second gen RX-7, which okay. you probably know is a strut car, yep. so I had to make like a little, just a little bolt-on adapter. adapter for the top. Yeah, yeah. I've um, seen a bunch of people do that with Toyota stuff, with yeah. uh, Mazda stuff, um, and then uh, uh, built basically connected the dots between yeah. the RX-7 spindle and the pickup points that I chose on the chassis, yeah. um, and then the rear spindles, uh, which. Uh, on an RX-7, it's like a weird trailing arm design where yeah. the aluminum spindle bolts to, like, the steel trailing arm. Yeah. Um, it was another in a long line of terrible decisions that I made instead of, like, Got just... goop went falling. Oh, uh, there you go. Perfect. Now you can eat it. Pretty fell. There's a little bit on your foot right there, but it's in the bottom. No, no worries. <laughs> That's more. It's <laughs> more all the over post- the place. Podcasters can't That'll see that. That'll happen. Um, um, the, the rear spindles are aluminum uh, FC spindles that I've, like, cut and, like, relocated one of the pickup points on. Yeah, yeah you're seeing, you're t- you're seeing um, it. It's so. hard, hard to see with the wheel and everything in there. Yeah, yeah, no, we can, I can take the wheel off if you yeah. want to check it out a little, no, no, for no, a little no, bit. No, make you take the wheel off, but if you have it off, I will go look at it. <laughs> um, as far as, like, consumables, like ball joints, and you have more Heim joints than anything everywhere. Correct, yeah. Uh, but it uses factory wheel bearings, all that kind of stuff. Yep, um, yep. Most of the parts that would fail, you could probably find them at parts stores then, right? Besides, like, the actual engine. You can get half shafts. You can get wheel bearings. Correct, um, yeah. Uh, some of that stuff's getting a little hard to find for yeah. second-gen RX-7s, but it's, it's still out there. You just have to do a little You might digging. not find it right away. You could mail order it, though. You could Exactly, um, yeah. There's not too much custom stuff in the consumable stuff, then. Correct. Um, what yeah, do you have RX-7 seven, seven brakes, like a GTU or Turbo 2 brakes. Okay, the aluminum uh, so caliper ones? Yeah, four-piston cool. aluminum front calipers, and then a steel sliding caliper in the rear with big uh, vented discs all the way around. Okay. So brakes that are, you know, big enough to stop a 3,000-pound car should yeah. last forever on a 1,400-pound car. Probably won't have to do a lot. Yeah. Did you, uh, it, and you've got just manual, uh, no boosted brakes or anything. Correct, um, yeah, just like a Willwood adjustable uh, bottom mount. Did, did you have to play with pad compounds before you felt before you like something you felt or? Uh, I figured I was n- not going to be anywhere near the like braking efficiency of the car anyway, so yeah. I just went with HP pluses to start okay. all the way around. And uh, I've got a brake bias adjustment at the pedal if I need it. So yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's been pretty. I, they it's don't pretty fade close because they're no. for a car that's so much bigger. Not even close. Yeah. No. I mean, even here, which uh, apparently is historically pretty difficult. Really on, rough on brakes. Rough yeah. on brakes. Um, 
if you tell everybody that in like every meeting over and over, <laughs> then nobody sends it too far in one. <laughs> so you heard me talking a lot about that. Um, yeah, it. Uh, this uh, is the first place that I feel like I need to make a break bias change, though, okay. from from NCM or Putnam. How um, was it at NCM with with much higher speeds and? Uh, so we were only running the west course at NCM, which oh, okay. was like the first half, yep. uh, which still has um, a decent straightaway between uh, turn three and five, um, but. Yeah, the car was freaking awesome there, and the tires were new, and we we know that those tires are really good on that surface from the endurance racing. Yeah, what they tires wear do you out want? really fast, but uh, the RE seventy one R's street tires, um, which I have to at least have the fastest street tire. Oh yeah, right. uh, you're doing fine. Lap. It was eighty. In the standing start autocross. Standing start autocross. It was like eighty point oh three, eighty point oh five, and eighty point oh six, and you had eighty point oh six. So you, it's not like you were far off. We're talking like. <laughs> Two one hundredths of a second or whatever. Yeah, uh, but uh, I still feel I still don't well, feel like got, I got a good you lap. Got more, you got two more sessions tomorrow. Don't sure, worry. Yeah. it's right before, right after lunch. Basically, is standing start autocross. Um, cool. So it should be fun. And uh, redemption in the heat of the day, you won't get any of the nice weather. S'mores. Oh, I'm good. I'm good, Renee. I'm good. Thank All you, right. though. Thank I, you. So I can't much. clean the stickiness off my fingers. <clears throat> you're, it looks like you're enjoying making them, though. Oh, it's gross. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My fingers, not my face. I'm going to tell Scott about that one. (laughs) She's a trip. Renee's having a good day. I think she really enjoyed Blackhawk. Yeah, the car looks good, man. It's fast. It looks so good. Thanks. Uh, It looks so much better than I figured because all the Lotus 7s I've ever seen look really like... They look like what I would build because I built between 9 p.m. and midnight three weeks before the event. It looks so good. The only difference is I built it between 9 p.m. and 2 a.m., but for 18 months. <laughs> for For the last 18 months. Yeah, you put a lot of long nights into the thing? Oh, yeah. Once you start rolling on a project, you want to like get to a better stopping point. Exactly. So it's um, like put the kids to bed at 9 p.m., go out into the garage. You know. Yeah. Thankfully, I have a, like a beast like window unit in my garage so yeah. i was able to work through Dude, doesn't that make the it, biggest difference i literally would have never finished the car if i didn't you have gotta it. put a, so, a window unit AC yeah in your garage. if you're listening to this and, and you're you, in the midwest or you're, and you're Florida, building a car don't do it to yourself yes, they're like 200 dollars. it's worth it yeah go on craigslist and buy a couple of cheap ones yeah uh, just cut a hole in your wall I had, to, I had to cut a hole in a brick wall for mine and like put a lentil in and everything <laughs> and it's like this is gonna be one shitty night and it's gonna make 150 nice nights yeah. and it totally totally rules you gotta yeah. have ac in the garage it blows right on you it's the best totally you can't get anything done without i it. set it at sweat. 60 and like every once in a while when i'm out there long enough it, get cold. the compressor will start cycling yeah because it has reached 60 degrees <laughs> in the garage chilly, man. yeah <laughs> i yeah. run a little hot though i got it like a i got like a 190 degree thermostat yeah so you, you uh, i was sweating you're like a mid 90s gm 4.3 so where, like you cruise down the highway at like 208 <laughs> <laughs> my mom's old gm gm astro van or whatever like i was reading hot rod magazine forever when i'm a kid you know everybody's talking about 180 degree thermostats 170 degree thermostats in the old magazines and stuff and then i'm seeing mom and i know this 4.3 is like a chopped up small block right like yeah. Mom's mom's four point three cruises at like two twenty. Like, it's a cast iron block. Hey, what's wrong with this thing? Care. And it did it forever. Like it wasn't yeah. a big deal. Maybe they put their uh, maybe they put their 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 temperature sending unit at the swirl pot. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it uh, it's a cool car, man. Thank oh, you. Uh, I meant to ask you about the shocks. Where do those shocks come from? 
Uh, from, How did you get those? Yeah, I know, right? Those um, shocks look really pricey. They weren't they're Penske's, and they're pretty. They're 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 actually just like single adjustable Penske's, so yeah. I would say they're probably like the bargain bin. They're like plebeian there is Penske. Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, but I bought them off eBay yeah. from the UC Berkeley Formula SAE team. Oh, that's right. Which why they ever ordered a five inch travel shock yeah, for a Formula huge. SAE car? They're like Miata shocks. I said, I said they must have been. Uh, Smoking some good stuff at Berkeley that yeah. that week when they ordered them. Yeah. Uh, but I was the uh, I was the victor there. That's a good one. And they were like, dude, do you have to change the mounting points or anything? Or like, no, I bought those like them? early on, so yeah. I designed the around chassis around them. Okay. Yeah. Um, as far as spring rates and stuff, have you played with setup at all? As far as I have, so I did a bunch of uh, calculations from all the different sources I could find online and what I thought was going to be the correct ride frequency for my corner weights and all this other stuff. You did the maths. I did maths. You didn't for just like, throw shit at, there and, at it and be like, I don't know, it was all right. That's what I would do. Well, I that's would. what I ultimately did. So I did all the <laughs> maths, and I was like, I, I've decided on these two the spring rates, yeah, uh, like front and rear. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, took it out for the first autocross, and it literally felt like a jet ski. It was like just like wobbling back and forth. In, in oh, songs. it wasn't right? Oh, I missed it so fast. <laughs> You're- it's like that line from uh, Office right. Space where you're like, I must have missed a, uh, put a decimal place in the wrong something. Some right. mundane detail. <laughs> Some mundane detail. Yeah. A lot of um, money missing. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I ultimately found another pair of springs. I put the stiffer of the two rates. Yeah. I moved it from the front to the back, and then I increased the front rates by like 30 or 40%. <laughs> Pretty drastic. <laughs> I missed it. Like, I missed it bad. Yeah. Well, uh, but now it's really close. <clears throat> um, it could probably use a little bit more spring because I'm not running sway bars on it. Okay. Um, I've noticed some body roll, but like it looks super composed. Yeah, it's a it's a little bit of a handful on throttle over the bumps. Yeah. Um, and it does feel like it rolls a lot. The bumps here are a handful in a lot of things. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't feel so bad. No, I've never driven hairy. this track in any anything else. They're pretty hairy. It's pretty hairy. It kind of feels like um, Gingerman before they repaved it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which was. The only time I've ever been to Gingerman was before the yeah. repave and in my Civic, and it was terrible. Um, I hear it's a lot better now. It's pretty smooth now. A couple of the bumps here are upsetting. Yeah. Uh, I was driving Scott and Renee's first-gen uh, CRX, the Honey Badger, and that thing, like, it's hard to upset it. <clears throat> and there's a couple of times where I upset that car. So there's a couple <laughs> of things that if you hit them, it's not the best. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to hit them. Uh, some curbs you don't want to hit. Uh, some curbs you want to hit. Yep. Uh, it's a... This, this track is like it's it's one of my favorite places to hang out because it's like I mean look around it's like a little state park it's like yeah. a campground yeah uh, and it's just off the beaten path enough that it's not far from the restaurants uh, you can go get auto parts a little bit if you have to but like the food is delicious it's got the, some of the best racetrack food uh, it's got nice showers it's just and, and the track staff is as friendly as they get yeah um, it, like nobody's nicer it's a cool place. That. As far as like the track goes, the the rhythm of the track is so fun. The whole back section here is yeah. amazing. Yeah, like the tree section, I yeah, love one that. One through six is just rad. I, I the only thing I don't like in in, in tracks is straightaways because I never <laughs> have a high horsepower car anymore. Uh, but even the straightaways here, they're not like that big where it's like, you know, you barely get time to check your gauges. And there's it's, like a kink here and there, yeah, and yeah. yeah, the kink in the back by the by, and you get to drive across the track to get into the paddock. Which yeah. I think is so 1950s. It's old rad. school for sure. Um, but yeah, the kink is really fun. I dig the kink. Yeah, uh, it, it's just a good little track. We walked the track tonight. Um, 
and it's old school and safety too. You don't oh wanna, yeah. You don't want to go deep off in a couple spots, but it. Uh, I'm looking at that when I'm like driving around and yeah. this like you know don't I'm pretty exposed don't in this car, hard. and in the back of my mind I'm always like you know. Yeah. What happens if something fails or? Yeah, I don't want to go. In, don't go in the trees. Not yeah, that car. I, I don't. I don't intend on. You do have so. plenty of cage around you, at least. I'm leaving a little bit. Of, little, leaving a little bit on the table for my surroundings. Last year, I drove the sports racer here, which had. I mean, it's still got a bad, old design, 1990s roll bar. You know, it's not what I would build, and I'm yeah. going to rebuild it when it's like when it's the next project. And uh-huh. I keep finding next projects <laughs> that make it not even startable. Um, but it, uh, I remember ripping through. Um, the big sweeper after like three, whatever the, the big right hander mm-hmm. is. Um, and the car, like the faster I went, cause it's kind of a wedge shape. Like it's like a prettier spec racer Ford, you know, um, the faster I went, like the better it stuck. And it was probably because I was actually starting to warm up the tires and yeah. the arrow was taking a little bit of effect, you know, uh, full under tray. It's all flat bottom and stuff. Um, and the faster I went, the better it stuck. And I found myself going, like, what felt like way too fast through there. And it didn't feel upsetting at all. Yeah. Um, and then I looked to the left, and I thought, shit gets weird. Like, I'm going to get lost in, that, in the woods <laughs> there. It's going to be bad. For and, sure. And then it was like, well, I have to work my way back up to that speed because I'm not going to go there again logically. <laughs> <laughs> like, the trees are like... <laughs> like a little field away, and you're going really fast to the right. But uh, they run majors races here, though. It's it, it must be a wild weekend here with majors races. Like, you know, crop of spec Miatas or spec racer Fords out there. That that's crazy. Uh, it's it's a cool place though. Mm. Like it's got a lot of history, a lot of character. Um, the vibe here is. I mean, I I've, I feel like I'm like real sensitive to like the feeling of a place. You know, mm-hmm. like I love driving at Autobahn, but like I don't like hanging out at Autobahn. Yeah, and I love like uh, I love hanging out at Gingerman, but I'm like kind of like the driving's fine, but I like the vibe of the place. Yeah, because it's like the things that happen there, and I just love the vibe of this place. You feel like you you feel like you're going back in time. You know, it's definitely an old school track and facility, and but, but with some well modern capital. touches too. It's yeah, well yeah, exactly. So anyway, I think we just did a podcast, man. Wow, fifty-two minutes. That just flew by. It's pretty fast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where can people uh, find out more about your uh, your build? When, where can they see it? Your Instagram. And stuff? Uh, yeah, my Instagram is just uh, my full name, Emil Tab, uh, as well as my Facebook. Yeah. Check them out there. Um, the pictures are so good. I have it's a YouTube so channel that I need to start adding some more content to from from uh, this car. Content, content, content. content. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I guess I need to officially update my low cost USA form yeah. uh, build thread because I haven't touched that in a really long time. Uh, I, yeah, I think the last time you touched it was when you ran it last year. Yeah, I think I, I was just reading it when I was research. I did a lot of research with the R1 motorcycle swap that I yeah. did because um, a bunch of people put R1s into those things and uh, just reading build threads, and I stumbled upon yours. Um, it's not a fast moving site forum wise, you know. So you're only a couple pages back. And, uh, yeah, it was, like, unpainted stage, and now your car's, like, all fully finished. <laughs> <laughs> well, I decided I was spending too too much time, like, dedicating to, like, recording the process. Yeah. I still take pictures every time I do something, yep. you know, yeah. cool on it. You can it, deal but with it, like, on a lazy Sunday when you, like, break yeah. your hand or something, you know. But, like, you know, when you, you have to go in else. to a computer every night and, like, put up, upload a bunch of photos and yeah. write, like, you know, a, a diatribe about yeah. what you did that day, like, take I definitely... 
Yeah, it's a while. You'd it was definitely be building uh, the car. Exactly. Yeah, I, I used to do a lot of build threads. I had a hundred page build thread on Honda Tech. Wow. A hundred, hundred nine pages. When I put in, I put in a turbo Accord motor in my Civic, uh-huh. the one that I'm turning into an STL car now. But um, and it, you know, it was fast, ran elevens and stuff. And I did time attack, and I did a lot. Of, I did roll racing and all kinds of crap with it, but. Um, I realized, like, I was I had just gotten married, and my wife was, like, getting mad about the amount of time I was, like, putting into this build thread. Yeah. And she said, like, something like, why don't you stop going on the Internet? You can actually finish your car. And I was like, <laughs> damn, she's probably got a point. <laughs> probably true. I do like going back and reading the stuff that I write, yeah. though. Yeah. Because half the stuff I remember writing. It, and it's weird to, like, see the thing. And you forget details you did, too. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's uh, the Internet. We documented... Uh, you know some of the the things that most people never document, which is kind of cool. Like that's kind of a new thing in the car world, like laymen documenting True. things versus like five magazine articles about these one cars and that's it. Like people didn't talk about all the details before. Yeah, totally. And I think it's creating a generation of like more detail-oriented car guys. You know. But yep. Yeah, forums they were good for a while. <laughs> anyway, where can people find out about that's all the gram? Yeah, the gram. There's not much documentation there. <laughs> Pictures will stay up though. Sure. Yeah, where can people find out about the winning formula, the shop you work at? Uh, it's winningformulagarage.com. Okay. And we also have uh, a pretty active Facebook page and yeah. even more active uh, uh, Instagram page, yeah. which I think is just winning formula. Cool. Um, yeah, we do all sorts of cool stuff uh, from, like, you know, Miata track cars to yep. uh, we've got a bunch of customers with Porsche GT4s. Really pretty cars. Starting yeah. to do a lot of Camaro, like, SS and ZL11 yeah. LEs. A lot of potential in those cars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, haven't got to drive one yet on the track, but they look like they'd be fun. Uh, some of them look very, very fun. Yeah. Like, incredibly fun. Yeah. 700 horsepower on some of the new Camaros just with, like, a tune. <laughs> Insane. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. We did uh, we did a podcast. Sweet. Out, shut this thing off in the pitch black. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. I. Uh, uh, you guys uh, definitely helped me through the, like, winter months building building the car out in the garage and i was like listening to podcasts a, and stuff. a couple of months ago i think i found out no at uh, pri right before pri yeah i found out that you and i'd never met you before and then you like came up to me at pri and you were talking and i was like wait i know who this guy is who's the stranger that i know and i like figured it out as you're like walking away i'm like it's that guy it's real <laughs> but uh yeah it's weird to hear people that like actually listen to the show they're like that I know through people, and it, yeah. it's uh, it's always kind of humbling that people listen to this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, yeah, if you if you like listening to this junk, rate and review us on iTunes and tell your friends. I guess that's uh, uh, we'll keep doing it. We'll keep doing racer stories and build stories, and it's fun. But I I, I love the I love the seven, dude. It's thanks, man. It's my, and it sounds so much better than I thought it would. I figured it would sound just like an old ITA RX seven. Yeah, and it does not. <laughs> well, it has like literally the biggest muffler I could strap it to the side of it. Good, and it's, it's completely good. empty right now. Oh, the muffler's gutted out. There, no. The, well, I didn't gut it. It gutted itself. Oh, it burned it all out. Yeah. W- uh, was it a lot quieter before? Yes, it okay. was. It's not a bad sound though right now. Okay, good. Uh, good. You can tell that thing has turned a lot of different temperatures. <laughs> There's a lot of purple colors on that muffler. It has had a lot of flames and uh, yeah, backfires had, and explosions flow just through in it. Grid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, tomorrow we'll get uh, we'll get the uh, the spray bottle on that thing right away. We can get you some more. I settings. bought one at I bought one at Walmart. Perfect. This evening. You're all set then. So I'm ready. Uh, we're we're set tomorrow. Looks like the weather should be about the same, maybe a little cooler. Break Good. that 79 mark on the standing start. 
I will. Right. Yeah, you're uh, you're running fast. It's fun to watch, man. Thanks. Cool. Yeah. Right, Thanks we'll talk soon, on. man.